Recently I visited the watershed, which lies on the site of a former trout farm on the Sidling River, which is a wonderful chalk stream here in Dorset. The site is now the headquarters of Cape Farewell, which is an organisation that supports artists and scientists to work together to raise awareness about climate change. For more than 20 years now, Cape Farewell has been engaged in a whole range of activities, including producing films, books and art exhibitions, working with a whole range of internationally recognised artists. They've also organised a series of expeditions to the Arctic, sailing a boatload of artists and scientists so they can see the issue of climate change for themselves and respond to it in different ways. So Cape Farewell has really been at the forefront of environmental art, while also linking it with science. But in their new base at the watershed, Cape Farewell is now trying something rather different by actually trying to put some of the ideas around sustainable living into practice. So most of the infrastructure of the trout farm has now been removed and the area is now being rewilded and the river is being encouraged to recover naturally So I spent most of my visit recording different parts of their local environment, including the birdsong and the river, including the underwater life. So you can hear some of those recordings here. But I also took this opportunity to have a brief chat with David Buckland, who is the founder of Cape Farewell. So you can now hear some of this conversation. So this is the actual main river, isn't this it? This is the Sidling, yep. The Sidling water. Yep. Which goes into the Froom, eventually. And then that goes into the Froom. Yeah. But this is the, um, this is just the, um, yeah, what is that? the spring water. Oh, is that where the spring comes out? And then that water from the lake yeah. goes down there under a pipe up there and comes out there. That's amazing. Yeah. So, which, so that's the lake water then, which is the spring over here? It's all spring water. Oh, wow. 
Do you want to say a bit about your wilding area? So what's the vision for this part of your land, if there is one? Yeah, well, I'd actually I had a visit from somebody from the Environment Agency. And it was in the summer, so this area we're standing in was like really, really chaotic yeah. and grow up. And he just went absolutely wonderful. He said, I've been trying to grow areas like this for five years, oh, and you've got everything here. You've got oh, everything wow. just growing in and wild plants. And, and in a way, it, yeah, it's a part of the story of taking this, what used to be the trout farm, yeah. and trying to get it back to a wild area and the joy of it. And you could, you're just letting it recover its own weight, I guess. Well, no, I'm obviously managing. I've got two sides. The river kind of runs through the middle mm. of it. One side is the wilding area, and then the other side is where the sheep and the other bits of so the river. So over there is like domesticated, Domest civilised yeah, it's, world. Yes, humanised. Humanised. <laughs> over here, <laughs> it is totally wilding. feral. <laughs> exactly. And so here, just focusing on this wild part... Uh, the sheep never come in here, then. No, the sheep are not allowed in the here. Sheep are not allowed in. <laughs> um, but the bees are, so okay. the, the bees love it. Yeah. I mean, this is all grown up for them, really. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, so you're letting the vegetation just do what it wants. It, absolutely. I mean, as the guy said, just don't do anything. Ah, so actually, which is very you tempting. You want to do things. You kind of like, you know, so immediately go. Your farming. I'm instinct. getting the farming instincts. You <laughs> kind of go. Wait a minute. I can. But no, I love this area. Oh, that's good. It's so you managed to fight your farming instinct. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I think, yeah. I, I'd let the art instinct take over okay. rather than the farm So this one. is an art project, this partly. This is the art project, oh, yes. I like that. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that fascinates me about rewilding as a thing, because it's taking off as a, an idea. Yeah. But culturally, it's this massive shift of, after, I don't know, 7,000 years of being farmers yeah. and a farming culture... So it's like throwing all that away. I just fascinating. I, I don't know actually because if you talk to people in the, uh, this is part of a village, mm. Sidling St Nicholas and the Sidling Water. But um, if you talk to people in the village who go back fifty, sixty years, then the way they used to farm, uh. pre-war, yeah, between the two wars, but um, was completely different. Really, you know, there was none of the industrialization that we have now. Right. I was looking at um, Wind in the Willows because obviously we're recording some of that yeah. story. And, I was, and it was written in 1909, yes. so, you know, 120 years ago. Edwardian. 110, Ed, pre, yeah, Edwardian era. And at the same time, I was looking at the population density of England, and mm. it was about half what it is now. Yeah, yeah. But the amount of people that used to live in this village was at least twice wow. than what it is now. Wow. So that you get a wilding area like Wind in the Willows, obviously yeah. inspiration. Yeah. And the only thing that's changed is not more people, but actually the way we use the land. That's and that's so what's happened over the last 40 years. You're not wrong. So I want to go backwards and go, let's bring back that, the area of Wind in the Willows. Well, like it's think about Hitches and Mamolis and... <laughs> Well, obviously. Well, that book's really inspiring to you, though. Yeah. You really like it. Yeah. Well, also, it worked. I mean, yeah. you know, we produce food. We produce good food. Yeah. Um, but it's more labour-intensive. Yeah. And more fun, probably. And maybe that's what we need to do more. I mean, we have to do more. So the people in the village here today, they're quite happy to see you experiment in this way. Oh, the, the, they are absolutely, totally, more than experiment, they're positively really on my it. side. That's just and, and, you know, I mean, I'm an artist. I come in with 
crazy projects. Radical ideas. Yeah, and then radical ideas for them, and they, they know they're more radical half the time. Really? Oh, yeah, they'll come in and they'll, you know, we'll talk about birds, and then we talk about looking after people and wow. farming. And That's so encouraging. I, yeah. Because I think, you know, farmers sometimes get a bit of a bad press, don't they? Farmers get... The only thing I can say to anybody is try producing food. Right. It is so hard work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And Especially then you try. I mean, well, what is extraordinary is again where we are here. We're at the head of the valley, so the head of the Sydney Water is a spring, about four kilometres up there. All of this valley has gone organic. Every seven just... farms, except for one, Johnny, um, have gone organic, that. and they've amazing. all done it for very kind of odd different reasons most yeah. of them it's driven by the women so farms are a, usually a partnership so it's the women who have sort of said wait a minute can't we do this that differently better yeah and then the other one is why should i pay eighty thousand euros pounds on a fertilizer bill well, that's it that's so if it. i don't have to pay yeah. that yeah. and my farm makes less money yeah i'm still quits in so well, i mean that's just so, so the economics of it and then everybody loves what has happened yeah, so the wildlife been, the wild is back. Been coming back. The butterflies are back. The wildflowers, like this area. You the otters you've got here now. We've got otters, um, yeah. which are good because they keep the mink out, which we hate. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing that we don't is worrying everybody is the the the, the river that, as it went through the village was full of trout. Yes. Wild trout, and you never see them anymore. I mean, hardly ever. That's interesting. So whether that's due to otters or mm. herons or whether it's actually due to the water being polluted. Well, there is pollution, isn't there? Because you mentioned yeah. there's a... They have a, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, that's the big part of this story is that, you know, in, they have a map of England and you can highlight any river yeah. and the Environment Agency will give you the, yeah. the kind of ecological state of that yeah. river. Yeah. If you highlight the Siddling water, which it looks absolutely clear and blissful, yeah, yeah. it's actually bad in terms of ecological well, I can health. Get that. Mm. And it's yeah. kind of go, okay, so why, surrounded by organic farms, mm. uh, why has it not got a, a good health? Yeah. So we don't know, and we don't know why the trout are not here. So that's, that's a lot yeah. of, so the villages mm. are, are more radical and going. They you, really want the trout back. They want the trout back. It's a good signifier. Yeah. And they want that kind well, of thing. I think this life. is the issue, isn't it? That what nutrients have got in a river, it yeah. takes a long time to get them out again. I, I mean, it's, I mean we're, we're standing in the middle on this mm. sort of island between the river on one hand, and then the other hand is the watercress beds, which yeah. are all spring fed. Right. That spring water is comes from 70, 80 right. feet, meter, well, yeah. 40 meters under the and ground. It's completely pure, I guess. No, no, it's completely full of nitrates oh, and really? phosphates. Oh, no, it's, that's it, terrible. It, the water, I mean, the seeping farming the, over the, the history is just seeping down, oh, no. and that's where it's coming from. Oh, and no. it just takes five, ten years of good farm practice. Yeah, to get rid of that. It'll get rid of it, and the water will oh, turn around again. Because it looks so pure, doesn't it? I mean, that's it. I mean, yeah. you know, you think, why isn't it full of fish? But yeah. it's not.
obviously we're talking about this little bit of river here. Mm. We've done a big art project on the whole of the Froom. Yeah. And the Froom is one of these lovely rivers in the south of England. It's a chalk stream, mm. which is very odd because apparently 80% of all chalk rivers are in the south of England. Right. Yeah. And 20% are in northern France. Yeah. And you think, isn't there anywhere else in the world? In the world. I mean, it's unique in the, the world, world, isn't of it? That. Yeah, you kind yeah. of go, ah. And so, you know, chalk. It's we do, really is special. It's it? here. We don't mm. think about it, but we're living on this huge chalk area. And I wonder whether the people who live here realise how special no. it is. Never, 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 never. But anyway, we'll, oh, we'll talk about chalk later. Yeah. But anyway, so this lovely river, this river, Sidling goes into the Froome. Yeah. The Froome is one of the biggest salmon runs in the south is of England. It? Wow. So Even today, because that's another thing. And there's a lovely, declined, down it? by, down further near the Pool Harbour, mm. there's a river lab where yeah. scientists sit and work and understand what's happening in this water. And they're tagging the salmon, so they're right. finding out what the salmon are doing. Um, it's just wonderful working yeah. with them. They've been on site here. Have they? And talked to us about the, what's happening in the salmon. Yeah. So the artists have picked that up. Right. And then um, Helen Moore, a wonderful eco-poet, made mm -hmm. this long-form poem about what it is to be a salmon, almost. Awesome. And then um, another Dutch artist, Anna Fridstein, um, she did a big project, which is all about, <laughs> she made these little kind of orange eggs that if you hold them, they turn yellow. Oh, wow. And then they go, but there's also a kind of a glass-blown womb structure. So she did this performance piece where she is wow. the salmon oh, breeding her eggs. Wow. And, it, you know, it's just wild. I wish I'd seen Totally that. wild. And the, the woman is a great artist and great performer. But the scientist who turned up and said, you hit it right on the nail. Really? Because the problem we have is the salmon are running up the river, yeah. but where they actually lay their eggs is the bit that's not working. Ah. That's where the disturbance is. And the eggs, you know, form ah. and hatch, but actually they don't survive much. Oh, that's so, so her interrogation was actually exactly what the scientists so had tried to, to interrogate to find out what the problem that's is. That's brilliant. And she did that intuitively, I guess. Uh, well, yeah. She's an artist. Yes, she's an artist. Of course she did. Yeah. <laughs> Got it right. <laughs> but the other bit is, I mean, you know, you think, okay, we're polluting this little river, mm. but if you kind of... The other big story with the salmon is that they survive and then they go north and they go up to the Arctic where yeah. we've spent a lot of time. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And it's absolutely, they're being decimated up in the Arctic. So their biggest threat is not this river, yeah. but actually when and they go out and climate feed. Change, is it, that's and climate change because it's warming, mm. the fishing industries, these terrible bottom trawling yeah. nets. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they, you know, they're hit from every which corner so going. So you can see this connection between what's happening here and yeah. what's happening all the yeah. way up there. And you've got the both things, ends of the story. One of the things the scientists told us about was if you take the scales off a fish, mm. It, it's a bit like tree rings. Right. You can actually read the rings and find out how old the so salmon the is. Of the fish and then when they're close together, it's when they've been in the river. But as right. soon as they get out to sea and they're feeding lots, and the, the rings become further apart. Wow. So you get this sort of history of the yeah. fish by yeah. just looking at the. So they can the, tell, you know, where the, where they're suffering, if you like, yeah, on that yeah, migration. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's another little indicator. Wow. That's scientific. This is so, I mean, this is what's fascinating about your whole... I mean, this gets to the core of what your work is about, is this interface between science and, and art. art. Yeah. But I'm fascinated, that you, you know, as an artist, you're obviously passionate about what artists can bring to this dialogue. Yeah. 
And what, what is it? I mean, apart from getting some understanding about what's going, getting to the heart of the issue, is it all also about communicating it to people? I think it's... I mean, I started the whole Cape Farewell project back in the day because the scientists were 20, 25 years ago, yeah. knew climate change. They knew it was happening now yeah. and we had to be concerned about it, but nobody was listening. Mm. And part of the problem is that their language puts a lot of people off. Mm. So if artists can pick up their story and then tell it on a human scale, I was here standing in front of this glacier, or mm. I was here standing with this piece of thinking about science or by the river, and craft narratives, craft stories, like Anna doing the fish yeah. piece performance, yeah. then people get it, you know, then you kind of go, okay, we can, we can all become part of this narrative. And I mean, the beauty about, to me about rivers is this river goes through farm country, it goes yeah. through urban towns, Dorchester, yeah. then comes into Pool Harbour, yeah. which is a big urban complex. So it goes right through human, humanity, yes. the human story. Every single river in Europe does the same thing. Precisely. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's and like... And all the problems we can see about how the yeah. environment's being abused, they're all there within they're all these All they're coded they? in the river. Yeah, and it's a bit like, you know, an artery in your body. It's yeah. like this connectivity. Yeah. that goes right throughout Europe. And, I mean, they, every single river bar one in England is polluted. Beyond, mean, this, uh, beyond the level yeah. that's really environmentally, ecologically. And this is really shocking, isn't it? It's totally shocking. And I think, I think a lot of people are also, you know, if you talk to members of the public, because people love rivers, don't yeah. they? They're drawn yeah. to rivers. Yeah. Well, the amount of music made about rivers, exactly. love songs. Yeah. I mean, every, I mean, you know, everybody should sit, for half a day, half an hour every day, and just look at a river. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're. Doesn't you do that? And it is, but you're right. And it's not that we're willfully doing anything you're bad. Right. It's not. I'm going to pollute that river, right. but it just happens. Right. And somehow we've got to. I mean, it's not necessary. Right. So I mean, the two big threats really, mm. and we're going back to the poor farmers here. Yeah. Is that they use nitrates, phosphates. Yeah. Um, if you have an industrial farm un unit, the bleed from yeah. the waste gets into exactly, the river. Yeah. Terrible pollutants for the river. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really bad. That's where you get growth of algae, right. and then the algae clogs up everything. Yeah, so that's right. a baddie. And the second one is human waste. Yes. You know, we... we Which, of course, we all produce. So we're all, we you know, all produce. There's yeah. a lovely sewage plant in this little village. Yeah. And the out, it's old-fashioned. Yeah. You know, it's almost Victorian. It's yeah. probably not fit for purpose. Sure. And we're putting things into the into it that we didn't used to. I mean, yeah. more toxic chemicals for cleaning things, cleaning yeah. products, and you know, well, things, this is, this even things like estrogen, which are really yeah, bad, really bad for the, the fish. fish. So this really struck us because we were doing a, a project on another chalk river over in yeah. Wim, near Wimborne, the Stout, and uh, as we we had these wonderful communities, it's a community theatre yeah. that we work with, and uh, uh, so the local people were there and. One of, the, one of the people in the community pointed out that the rivers actually physically run through us. They actually yeah. do. So we're yeah. actually all physically linked yeah. to the rivers. Yeah. Through, you know, what we're taking yeah. in and then yeah. through our bodies and then putting yeah. back to the river. So I, I mean, it, it is a, it's a beautiful metaphor mm. as well because you don't have to go up to the Arctic to witness no. climate change. <laughs> you just right. go, oh, wait a minute, it's going right through our lives. Yes, yes. And it, then it's connected to our lives and then we kind of go, okay, how much do we have to change yes. to protect the thing we love the most? And it's not much. 
but right. we've got to do it. So if it can't, if you know what I'm saying, if it can't work for rivers, then it can't yeah. work for anything, can I it? Mean, we've got we, to. I mean, we've got to sort start, this out. We've got to start with rivers. Yeah. And yeah. it is, and it is doable.
So the good thing is, it, you know, the good thing is that people love rivers. Yes. So it's not a, a difficult story to sell, you know, yeah. that we need to do yeah. something. Yeah. So where, where are the sticking points? I mean, I, we've talked a little bit about the farmers. I don't blame farmers. No. I think they've been locked into a way of farming yeah. that's almost been imposed on them yes. by, I think, agri-tech industries that sort of well, lock them into this And people want, and not wanting to pay money. Right. I mean, there used to be... About uh, 1950, we used to 28% of our budget, our family yeah. budget, was spent on food. Right. Now it's 8%. Right. So you kind of go, okay, if you want it that cheap, then mm. you have to mass produce. Yeah. And we overeat on meat and things like that. So, right. but it is, you know, producing the corn and the barley for human use as well as animal use. So all of yeah. that can change. So partly then it's about encouraging people to buy the kind of organic produce that your neighbours well, yes, are producing. But, but if you go to Chris, who's the dairy herd up mm. the road, the way he manages his farm is, I think he gets 20% extra for right. the, selling his organic milk, right. which is like no cost. Yeah. I mean, it's like... 10p yeah. on a, on a litre of milk. So we need to be... So we need to go be choosy about what we buy. Right. I mean, I really do think we ought to only eat meat that's produced... I have a friend who says, I will only eat meat from an animal that's had a good life. That's a nice uh, It might policy. be a bit short, but, um, <laughs> you know, but it's not a bad metre. So yeah. the poor thing has not been read, you know, bred yeah. in an intensive yeah, unit. Yeah, that's a good start. It's like, you know, and yeah. it's actually really... I mean, the farmers will say, the organic farmers will say that you cannot produce the barley and the corn we need without having animals. Right. They need the waste of the animals right. to actually okay. fertilise so the food. Two and it's really difficult mm. to farm without animals organically. Mm. There's some other stuff happening which maybe can change but it. But that's interesting. But that's interesting. So actually and giving up meat, you would say, is not the whole answer. I'm a farmer. <laughs> I'm a farmer with a farm number now, as well yeah. as an artist. And, um, you know, I eat meat once, twice a week. Yeah. But it is, it, A, from animals have had a short, you know, yeah. a good life, but a short life, I admit. Yeah. Um, you know, I keep sheep, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is, it is, part it is of a the question. solution, is what you're saying. Yes. But I, but it, it's how we how produce, yeah. produce how animals. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is a sticking point and a difficult question, so... Well, I'm still hugely inspired by the fact you've got so many organic farmers locally. Yeah. So, you know, if other farmers can see the success perhaps they're having, yeah. it's something that can spread, yeah. can't it? It's clearly yeah. spread here. Well, it's, it's interesting that because the Froom has all of these nitrates, phosphates, yeah. which produce all the algae, yeah. there is now a catchment area, the Froom catchment area. Right. Um, and Paul Harbour, the authorities, the government have said, you've got to reduce your phosphate and nitrate use yeah. by something like 50% really? in 10 years. Oh, that's huge. So there are 60 farmers in that wow. catchment area right. who have to do this. Wow. So it, as that. you say, it is yeah. a, a good result. Yes. But then they've got to go, well, how the hell do we... How are we going to make that work? How are you going to make that work? So yeah. it goes back onto the poor farmer to yeah. make a living and make that work. Yeah. 
Um, but that it can seem be right either, doesn't but it? Because it you know, so as then we've been we, saying, we've all, we're all invested in this. We, and we are, invest, yeah. we are part of the part problem of and the yeah. solution. Yeah. We've got to support the farmers to change at the same time. That's so important. It's not vilify them. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I mean, and uh, this, this argument comes up with this whole rewilding debate to go yeah. back to that because yeah. uh, a lot of people are saying, let's stop farming this way and go to the other extreme. Yes. And this is this, it's even happening in the frame now, isn't it? There's a oh, project yeah. to take a farm and just rewild it, just let yep. it go uh, back to nature, yep. like we're stood in here. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the whole solution, is it? We've got well, no, have... but what do you eat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go, oh, so then you go, oh, I'll just buy my food from mm. the supermarket. Who buys their food from America or US or Russia or wherever who have terrible farming practice? Right. Yeah. So you're kind of just exporting the problem. Exactly. And it's like, no, okay, we've got to find a way to yeah. produce the food we need. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's yeah. lots of stories, but, you know, half the land, we produce corn to feed animals. Right. If you have less animals, you can use that land to yeah. produce more food. Yeah. But you don't need so much land, so yeah. you can do wilding. Right, so you right. can do it as a whole big balance yeah. job. Yeah, and at the uh, catch level, you can yeah. probably get yeah. the balance yeah. right, and yeah. rewilding yeah. could be part yeah. of that, couldn't it? And and stop using chemicals on the land. Absolutely. That's... I mean, also, I mean, I mean, the phosphate and nitrate costs were four hundred pounds a ton. Yeah, they're now over a thousand. Well, this pounds is it. This is going to force because change, of, isn't it? and the carbon foot of producing yeah. them. Well, it's, it's all tied to oil, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's all down to oil. Yeah, so yeah. stop that time yeah, yeah. and rethink. We've got to wean ourselves off. We've that. got to wean ourselves off the oil. Yeah. I mean, it's all crashes down and yeah. you end yeah. up with talking about this little river. This little river, I know. But it's wonderful. I mean, I, you know, my little site is six, seven yeah. acres. It's tiddly. Yeah. Um, but there are like, one big lake, a river. Yeah. Yeah, there's an old you water should describe it for people listening. Ponds. Yes, yes. Um, what do you have? You have four ponds, do you? There are four really nice ponds. Yes. Um, there's a river running yeah. through it with lots of kind of managed tributaries. Yes, because it's there's all a, divided, isn't it? Yes, You've got sort of yeah, many it's a bit like Venice. You yes. know, I'm, the, I'm the controller of water. <laughs> and then a big it's lake. It's a lovely lake. A lovely lake. Yeah. And an old watercress bed, yes, which is, which is on the I left, think yeah. I must have probably eight springs that are pumping up all year it's round. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's, you know, and it's wonderful having you and David and Lynn wandering around with hydrophones and sound machines looking at this whole little landscape. And listening, listening and, as well, know, yes. At the moment we're doing it visually, mm. but then all around are dotted microphones. Yeah that are picking up the world and that's what you're going to be well, listening to. Well, this is what's fascinating is that it's a visitor, you know, as a human, we're, we're very visually orientated. Yeah. But there's this whole other world that you can, oh. that's invisible, oh. that's cryptic. I know. And yet these sounds can be revealed. And also, as you, you know, you were saying that we're not getting hardly any sound from the river no. of animals. No, that's right. As soon as we use the lakes and the pond. They're just full it's of like, things. Wow. Yes, it's like, then, I think of it like almost like a rainforest underwater. It's what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. It's like all this chirping. And, yeah. And it, then you kind of go, what is that sound? Yeah. What is that sound? And, oh, look, what is that sound? And that sound. <laughs> so everything you can see above ground, the mm. birds and the whatever, and the animals yeah. and the swans, and then under the yeah. river, under the water, there's a whole yeah. city going on. There is. And, of course, these are critical to the whole food chain, oh, to the whole system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the river flies. It was the, lovely when we had Honvieva, Dan, the scientist who mm. looks at single cells. That's mm. her world. And the amount of single cells 
that she found from the water from the ponds was amazing. Yeah, really? And they're so beautiful to yeah, look at. Yeah. You know, put Again, she calls it cryptic biodiversity, doesn't she? Because yeah. we're just not aware it's there unless yeah. we get our right. microscopes out. But, you know, you, you know, in terms of the planet, I mm. think, what, three billion years, mm. the only life form on this planet was single cells. Yes. And they haven't changed. They're still, <laughs> still the same. doing the same job. <laughs> She's going, well, look at this one. Yeah, you know. yeah. And you can find the same here. There's a lake here or a lake in Poland or a oh, lake really? in South America. Wow. They're all exactly sort of the same. Yep. Wow. And then really you get very ancient. complicated ones that actually oxygen is toxic to them. Yes. So these are even earlier even ones. Even more ancient. But because... You know, these the are the ones that change the whole planet, aren't they? These yes. are the ones who created the oxygen, yes, yes. eventually. Eventually. It was toxic to them, yeah. but they're still here. They're still part of the system. So you can look back on these silly little acres <laughs> and kind of go, oh my God, there's more and more inspiring. single cells. Yeah, yeah. So all these elements of the system. And it's very hard to comprehend that as just a visitor. But as an artist, oh, you, can, you can work with that, can't you? You can start to... I mean, I'm loving it.
chalk is made up of something called a coccolithophore. Right. A coccolithophore is only four or five microns across. So you need an electron microscope to <laughs> you see, even it. see them. And then you see this thing, and it is absolutely beautiful yeah. shell-like structure. Yeah. What happens in the spring is you get these blooms of coccolithophores out to sea that are about the size of whales. I mean, like, insane. So people, the scientists, observed these blooms, but before they had an electron microscope, they couldn't figure out what the little animal was. They identified the coccolithophore. What happens is these big blooms eventually sink to the ground. Yeah. lie on the bottom and that's chalk. Really? So it eventually turns into so it just, rock? Uh, all chalk is dead shells wow. of coccolithophores. Wow. Five, centimet- five centimetres yeah. of a chalk cliff is, I think, 10,000 years of dead coccolithophores. But the other bit of the story is they about 70% of the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is taken up by oceans, right? By coccolithophores. Ah, so the crucial. So the whole they planet. are the biggest carbon sequestration, really? wow. and thankfully of no use to anybody like oil. <laughs> All you've got is chalk. You can yeah. write with it, and yeah. that's about it. So that's still happening in modern oceans. And this happening. is where the oceanographers are most afraid, right? Um, because what's happening is the oceans are getting more acidic, right? Which is becoming toxic to the coccolithophores. So it's another big part of the story. But you know, in terms of carbon taken back, I mean, 70% by the oceans. And you know, the Amazon rainforest, we're worried about, but the oceans are far more important. important. And the rivers go into the oceans, and the salmon goes from the river into the ocean. And And all all the rivers are connected by the ocean. And we have a planet with water on it, which would be so lucky. Yeah, yeah. But you know, (laughs) the cockle, you know, again, you know, it's looking at. It's just looking at the microscopic, or actually, you know, even smaller than the microscopic, yeah. is the bedrock of how we so survive. So you can scale from this tiny, you know, tiny microscopic yeah, order four to, microns. The, to the scale of the whole Earth. Yes. The linked yeah. Yeah. It's all scales. one great big symbiotic yeah. soup. <laughs> <laughs> My little six acres is a really good place having you guys to kind of go, part of the soup is listening to it. Yes, yes. Oh, well, well, there's many other things happening here too, yeah. aren't there? I mean, you built these, we haven't mentioned these amazing buildings you've built for, ah, yeah. for visiting artists that come here. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've been lucky enough to stay in one at the moment. But there's an even bigger one where you can exhibit stuff, can't you? Yeah. And it's a big, it's a big, um, it's my studio workshop. Right. Um, but again, because I was, I mean, I, it was the old trout farm. Right. So that was the incubator barn. This is a really important point. So you had this sort of industrial concrete complex. Here, the whole site was full of concrete pens. And I got planning permission, because we're in an area of outstanding natural beauty. So to try and do anything is no, no, no. (laughs) But because I had a concrete site, Ah. they said, OK, the trade-off is you wild that, you can have the barn and convert it into the studio. Oh, I see. It was a sort of deal that you made. A deal, a deal. And and they were very strict about it. It was great. So the studio is, you know, I had an opportunity to build a building that hopefully is going to be carbon neutral. Right. So the big building actually takes some of the spring water at 11 degrees right. through a heat pump. Yeah. And, you know, every yeah. kilowatt of energy I put in, I get yeah. five and a half kilowatts of heat out. That's amazing. Freebie. Yeah. yeah. So that's the big building. And then yeah. the 
building you're staying in, the Arthur's residency, yeah. has a seven kilowatt hour. It's got the solar, solar roof. roof. Yes. Yeah. So that solar powers the heat pump in yeah. my building at the same time. We've been time. deeply impressed by the quality of your insulation too. And then amazing, unbelievable amazing amounts insulation. of insulation. <laughs> so it's the warmest building I've stayed in a long yeah, time, and, and it's all powered through it, renewables. Very all powerful mm. renewables, and yeah, yeah. great, fantastic. It diffuses yeah. the whole system. So that is an experiment on that level. Ah, that's awesome. So you've got and this it, amazing vision of then these artists coming and doing stuff yeah. and helping to tell this story, I guess. Well, excuse me, you're wanting... <laughs> you're, you're staying in the so artist building. Yes. You're the sound guy. I'm you're, interested in your vision, though. You know, yeah, where no, you want to go that with it. That was it. That was it. You know, just to get people to share. But also, Cape Farewell needed a headquarters. Right. We used to be in London. That was very wonderful being in mm. that fantastic city. Yeah. But I wanted to change my life. And yeah. then also, Cape Farewell... We wanted to be part of the story, right? Rather than sit in an office in London. So, so we in are practice. physically, yes. actively yes. trying to deliver what we preach. Yes, so it's well, moving we beyond, preach, but we are like purely doing ours into preach. the actual yes. lifestyle chain. Yeah. And we are working with the farmers to yeah. talk about food. We're working oh. with the people who look after the rivers. Yeah, and so, so it, it we, we put into practice what we're trying to do, and Amazing. and then that it's very interesting. In the art world, there's a kind of a new f kind of art form growing, which is could be called eco-art, or mm -hmm. it could be art that worries about ecology, right. or the why you're working, listening yeah. to the sound. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole big, becoming a global momentum. movement. Yes. Yes. But it doesn't obey any of the art rules. rules. It's not modernism or postmodernism or yeah. And it's yeah. in terms of artistic practice, it spans a huge range, doesn't it? Yeah. So you're working with poets. And, yeah. And, and also, you have to live the practice. Mm. I mean, I think so. Yes. Most artists I know who are in that territory yes. are changing their life really? way, the way they live, the way they oh, think, really and the way they make art. Yeah. It becomes the so whole. it's part of what Cape, the vision for Cape Paul is to bring that community together in some way. Is that part of what you're trying no, to do? No, I think that I'm, I'm more, it's more, it's out there. There right. are so many people out there working. We are just part of the, part of the jigsaw, you know. We're just part of the jigsaw. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I mean, our archive has been taken yeah. by the Nevada Museum of yes, Art, Art and Ecology, which is well, fantastic. That's exciting. So, so we are. Yeah. You know, we are one of the early ones. You're absolutely right. And so, you know, all the work yeah. we did in the art. So now you've been archived and everyone yeah. will be able to see it. And then it's a free access You've done point. films, you've done books, you've done and, all these exhibitions. And hundreds of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> all well documented. <laughs> and all still, time. All still doing them. So, you know. Well, you definitely do it by learning and you only learn by mistakes, don't you? I, so. I, mean, I mean, yeah, the mistakes yeah. are probably more useful than the success. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You kind of go, oh, I did that. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> but here we are in there our little are. wilding Doing project. It. I think it's hugely inspiring. I really do. Yeah. It's a very it special is. place you've got here. And it is. to think that this was all concrete pens, you know, because just down the river, there's a place like that now, isn't there? Is it a water crest? It's a big water crest, Ben. Yeah, which um, looks like an industrial site with yes. diggers and. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, the supermarkets demand that their water crest is picked. Yeah. Far too young. Yeah. So before it gets peppery, but yeah. it looks nice. And it's intensely in raised, isn't it? A lot but of, if um, they left it a bit longer, it gets yeah. these really strong peppery taste. Right. And they yeah. can't market it like that, so yeah. they don't. But yeah, that's again part of the problem there. Yeah, it's right another there. part of the story. Yeah, but at least you're showing a different way of 
I know. It's, it's good. It's magnificent. Good. And today is beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs>